All right, I'm Hef with play-by-play here from the beautiful Security Metrics Threat Intelligence Center. We've got Noah, who is kind of our world-famous actor. No, I know you're not. Oh, I am. I I had no idea, so it's news to me. How are you doing, Noah? Oh, it's been a crazy week. Uh, So much news. Okta, Microsoft, uh, Ukraine and Russia. We've got a lot to talk about today. Constant threat of bad news yesterday. He came in and I was like, are you done yet? Nope, I got another story to tell you. Are you done yet? (laughs) No, I got another story. So yeah, we're going to talk about Okta. We're going to talk about the Microsoft breach. We're going to dive into who Lapis is and what's happening and what they're doing. There's also this crazy undetectable browser-to-browser phishing thing that we've got to talk about. And check this out. The latest on the Ukraine-Cyber-Russian war. We are Security Metrics. We are coming to you from the lodge here at the base of the beautiful Silicon Slopes. We try to take an intelligent approach to cybersecurity, and we try to help you secure your peace of mind, of course, and, and see the threats you've been missing. And uh, hold yourself to a higher standard. And never have a false sense of security. Yeah, you can subscribe on our website. Please hit the like button. And of course, you know, hit that bell icon, get notifications every time we, we upload a new episode. And with that in mind, folks, here we go. What a morning to wake up to this past week. Talking about Okta, Noah, talking about Microsoft being breached. I mean, it was just one thing after another. And there's like 10 other stories that we got to get to. Let's get right into the Okta situation. So kind of explain who is Okta first. Can you tell the audience who that is? Right. So Okta is, I guess you could call it like a single sign-on provider or a password manager. Yep. And businesses use Okta to store their passwords. So that way they don't have to remember a ton of passwords or... Uh, it's supposed to keep their passwords secure. Yeah. Right. Authentication and identity management is really the, the overarching theme here. And then, of course, uh, Lapis is the threat actor. They posted some screenshots. They did, yeah. Yeah. And what, what, can you kind of give the audience an idea of what actually was posted? Yeah. So there were some screenshots that uh, seemed to show that someone from Lapsus had access to internal Okta systems around January of this year. And the way that we got it is Lapis has a super user access to Okta's admin console. Well, as we understand it, this happened in January of this, this year that Okta was able to detect right. some sort of compromised account for, of a third-party customer support engineer. And that is exactly how the threat actor was got, got in. What I found fascinating, Noah, is the screenshots that Okta posted. Have you seen those? Uh, the screenshots that the hackers posted? Yeah, yeah I yeah. did. It was interesting. There was a... Uh the exact username in the top. There was the PC's date in the bottom right corner. And it seemed to have like super user access, admin access to customers' data. Yeah. So. The co the co-CEO McKinnon, he came out and he said, Yeah, it's true. We've been we've been breached. Uh but, you know, the question though, Noah, is the fallout that comes out of this. Uh right. how could the threat actor like Lapis potentially use this as a springboard to Octus customers? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so depending on the type of access that uh, Lapsus had, they could have access to every single customer of Okta yeah. and all of their passwords. But we have no idea at yeah. this moment. We have very little information. I think Okta came out today and said 300 something, 366. 366 is the number that I saw, yeah. Yeah, 366 customers are affected by this breach. So that could mean that we need to start resetting Okta passwords if you have Okta. Uh, resetting all your passwords that were stored in Okta. This, yeah, uh, yeah this could be really bad. You Definitely th- damages their image as a secure way to store your passwords. That reputation damage is huge. And you right. think about, I mean, folks in the audience, I mean, 
What can Lapis actually achieve with that level of access that they had to Okta's single sign-on products? So, uh, you know, they could probably modify user accounts at Cloudflare. They could probably feasibly do that then with uh, other Okta customers. So it's a huge deal. And then you figure, okay, what else did they get access to? Could they access other companies' mm-hmm. source code? Um, and that is exactly the story we're going to tell you in just a minute about Microsoft. <laughs> but before we do that, though, we, I think we need to take a quick moment and talk about who is Lapis. We have talked about another podcast. I mean, this is not the first time that we've mentioned the word lapsus. Uh, it is a synonym for things like what? No, I mean, what is... We've got play- it right here from the if thesaurus's website, right? Yeah, if you're playing Wordle at home, right, folks? This is your <laughs> chance to get some words here, right? We've got lapse, trip, error, mistake, fault, flaw, fallacy, trips, omission, and oversight. Yeah. All synonyms for lapses. Yeah, that's what it is. So lapses is not, again, we mentioned, we, we've talked about these guys before. I mean, what other breaches have they been behind? They've been tied to Microsoft, NVIDIA, Samsung, Vodafone, Ubisoft, and now Okta. So yeah. really big names. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, what are we, I think Electronic Arts, they were behind that. Uh, Mercado Libre, a lot of, lot of Portugal stuff. They've been numerous, numerous breaches. What's interesting about Lapsus, and, and they are classified right now as a data extor, extor, uh, ex, I can never pronounce that word, man. Data extortion, maybe? Oh, my <laughs> I, gosh. Honestly, man. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. We're talking so fast here, folks. Uh, very little time to, to get into this, but I want to make sure you guys understand. Lapsus is one of those kind of threat actors that's out there trying to compromise corporate systems. They're trying to steal source code, customer lists, intellectual property, databases, other valuable types of data. And most of their attacks so far uh, have it targeted the source code repositories. And the one that comes to mind is the NVIDIA one, which we talked about in the last briefing. Right, yeah, NVIDIA. And they were targeting their uh, GPU drivers and the limited hash rate technology stuff. Which is crazy that they're doing all this. So you can watch that video. You can check back in time on the YouTube channel. We'll link it on the screen. Yeah, we'll definitely link it here. But it's really unknown how the threat actors are breaching these repositories. We we do know from our research that there has been recruiting flyers being put out on the web. And Lapsus has been recruiting people for what, essentially? just Yeah, so they're recruiting employees or people with access to these big companies and I guess they're going to give them a cut of what they get from the ransomware in yeah. sort of a MLM pyramid scheme type of way where you get a bonus for recruiting people. I, I didn't know that. That's 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 incredible. Uh, so again, they have this recruiting system set up. They're looking for insiders that might be disgruntled that are willing to share the keys to the kingdom. And that's really what this breach is all about. It's a keys to the kingdom kind of breach. Not a good breach in any way. We get a lot of questions on our side. You know, where are they based out of? And there's been rumors that they're based out of Portugal. There's also rumors that they're based out of Brazil. Uh, There's also rumors that they might be based out of the UK. Again, it's all over the place. Part of that came from they used Brazilian Portuguese in some of their defacement. And of course, the Portuguese that's spoken on the European continent is different than Brazilian Portuguese. So they're very skilled, though, in AWS. There's no doubt about that. And they've been making it known. There's also been some doxing. Have you heard about this story with the doxing? No, I haven't. What happened? So there's this 16-year-old kid who was doxed, and they got some of his texts. And they think this 16-year-old kid from the UK might be one of the ranking members of Lapsus. So that's, wow. a, that's a story to track, and we're going we're gonna to keep you updated Impressive on that. Impressive resume for that kid.
You know? So Noah, also yesterday, you know, talk about right, <laughs> talk about a bad day, man. You come in and it was just nothing but bad news from you, man. I was like ready to send you home, buddy. Uh, <laughs> tell me about this Microsoft thing that's been going down. Yeah, so it looks like Lapsus. Uh, they got into Microsoft. They stole 37 gigabytes of source code, which is a lot, and uh, that's for over 250 projects. 45% of the source code for Bing and Cortana, 90% of the code for Bing Maps. Yep. Uh, no customer data was involved in this, but it's definitely a concern. I mean, they might be able to find vulnerabilities in these programs, yep. um, make cracked versions, things like that, that will steal your data. Not good. So. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting. Most of the projects that were leaked were web-based infrastructure, websites, mobile apps, no source code for Microsoft Office, Windows, right. Windows Server, which is really good. Uh, Microsoft did come out the other night and said, hey, uh, we, we have done our investigation, the Microsoft Threat Intelligence Center, and they've <laughs> said that, hey, we found a single account's been compromised, and that's how the access got granted. But I thought it was interesting, too, is that the approach that Microsoft takes to cybersecurity and that they don't rely on the secrecy of their code as a security measure. So they did not elevate the risk. Right. That, that I thought that was interesting. Take that's a really cool, good security method. Yeah. It's just write secure code from the begin with. Yeah. So when it does get leaked, like there's no additional risk. That's awesome. So here, but wait, folks, there's more. We got Noah Hayes here with OxyClean, Cyber OxyClean. Wait, there's more. Should I do it in my, my voice? But wait, there's more. All right. Uh, <laughs> hundreds of printers vulnerable. HP printers, man. Oh, oh man. man. That was another bad story happening the other day, man. There's like a printer vulnerability every month. Yeah. Really. Like <laughs> This was an RCE, I believe. Uh, so three different vulnerabilities affecting HP printers. So if you have a laser jet in your office or a laser jet at your home, a page wide pro, office jet models, enterprise models, desk jet printers, guess what? Yeah, you got to do yeah, some patching, you're, you're vulnerable, RCE. Somebody could uh, be executing code on your network. That's not good. Yeah, so be aware of that, folks. Get out there, start patching. The other story in the news has been Dell. There's a BIOS bug. Can you kind of quickly explain what the heck that's all about? Yeah, so there's a vulnerability with uh, the Dell BIOS when it does authentication with the trusted platform module. And this kind of vulnerability can only be executed locally. So there's not a lot of risk involved unless somebody physically has your device. But uh, definitely something you want to patch. So and, and be aware that it does affect Alienware models. If you have an Inspiron, mm -hmm. Latitude, Volstro. XPS. Yeah, yeah, Edge Gateway 3000 series. All of them. The full list will include the link. But again, you need to get patching on that as well. And then I thought this was interesting. Emotet, which is a malware campaign, they are right now spending a lot of time phishing IRS. So if you get an email and it looks maybe something similar to this, uh, an email from the IRS asking for your W9, a .zip file, don't open it up, folks. Use caution. What, what's inside that zip file, Noah? Malware. Yeah. Uh, a Word Excel <laughs> to, to document. To put it simply, word, malware. Yeah. yeah. Malicious <laughs> macros inside there. Once these documents get opened up, folks, Emotet uh, gets on your computer and it's a nasty thing. So again, be aware of this phishing email. Uh, no, what keeps you up at night? Is it is it browser in the browser phishing that's undetectable? Uh, that would definitely yeah, keep me I up think a so, bit. Man. Yeah, that make would me lose keep a bit up. of sleep. Yes. 
So that is what's in the news, man. This is another bad story, dude. You just you came in yesterday and you were like a machine gun with all these bad stories, but and this <laughs> thing, it's a browser in the browser attack, and it makes phishing nearly undetectable. And this is really a novel way to attack somebody. And what what if you can kind of explain very quickly what is going on with this this new attack vector? Yeah, so usually when you get fished by like someone pretending to be Facebook, right? You'll get an email that says you need to click on this link and log in. And there's a web page that it pulls up that looks just like Facebook, but it's not actually Facebook. Yeah. And when you put in your information, it gets sent to the attackers. Well, you can detect this by a few different methods. Pop-up this- blocking is one of them. Yep. Yeah. But this browser in the browser attack embeds the actual Facebook login or another login inside of the phishing site. So while you log into the legitimate site, it also siphons out your credentials to the attacker. So we'll put up on the screen right now an example of what this would look like. I mean, if you see this example on the screen, folks, you see the phishing for Facebook and a real example of the login for Facebook. It's extremely hard. Oh, yeah. I mean, and again, this is simulating a browser window within the browser in order to spoof a legit domain. But wait, folks, this is what makes it dangerous. And what makes it dangerous is this. If you try to hover over the link... You think it's really, it's ineffective, right? I mean, there's no way to tell just by hovering over the URL to see that it's fake or not because if this particular threat actor has JavaScript permitted and they have an on-click event and these on-click events, if it returns a false, if that's added into the code, then hovering over the link will actually show you the website and it'll look legit. So very challenging type of pop-up, very hard to find. We will keep you posted as more safeguards and detection methods come out for this particular browser in the browser phishing attack. So... All right, we got to talk about Azus for a moment. If you have an Azus router, you need to get patching as well. There's Cyclops Blink malware out there. This botnet is just nasty, nasty stuff. 18 different device models from Azus are impacted by this. And, folks, we're going to talk about the Ukraine-Russian cyber war. We'd love to give you guys these updates. I hope you appreciate them. Leave some, if you have some comments, we'd love to hear them from you. We'd love to hear your thoughts, uh, how we're doing on this. Uh, and, of course, hit the like button for us. But here we go, Russian-Ukraine situation. Uh, I, I thought this was interesting, the headlines here, and this I think this was the, the news, what are the New York Times or something like that. We want them to go back to the Stone Age. Ukrainian coders, they're splitting their time at work between work and then doing cyber warfare. Crazy. Yeah. And then you had told me about Grammarly. What's Grammarly doing? Yeah, so I saw this uh, article about Grammarly, how they're continuing to pay their staffers who joined the Ukrainian army to fight for Ukraine. Wow. I wonder if you get combat pay, man. I'm, I'm working for Grammarly. Hazard pay? Yeah. yeah or something. I'm going I'm to work till noon, and then I'm going to go out in the in the field and, and, and launch my AK, man. All right. So also, there's a lot of stories, a lot of news about a ramp up, right? And what mm-hmm. I'm referring to here is stuff from the FBI and CISA and a bunch of other government agencies saying, hey, there might be potential for more cyber attacks on U.S. critical infrastructure. Be aware of it. Private sector, be aware of it. The health yep. sector, be aware of it, folks. So be on the lookout. Be extra vigilant in your approach to cybersecurity and doing your cyber hygiene, patching, having MFA activated, all those things that we've talked about in numerous episodes. You got to be you got to be on top of that. Uh, Noah, did you see about the SATCOM networks? The report, be aware of the SATCOM 
Yeah, so that's a potential target from Russia. Yeah, and they've already knocked out the, the Viasat over in the Ukraine. So again, this is just something to be aware of. Satellite networks going down. The health sector, there's a lot of good guidance out there, folks. We'll include the link here in, a, in the show notes. But what can you do? If you're in the health sector, you're an extreme target, and you need to be prepared for it. Make sure you bolster your staff awareness. Make sure yep. that you've got processes in place. you got your identity and access management tools, best practices going on. Uh, that kind of stuff. So, now uh, I thought this story was interesting too, Noah. This Ukrainian Secret Service—they yeah. arrested this hacker. This what was this guy doing? Yeah, so this hacker was working to help the Russian invaders while living inside of Ukraine. He was a Ukrainian, and the Ukrainian uh, Secret Service found him and uh, whisked him away to jail. Yeah, this guy was helping the the Russians make up to a thousand phone calls a day. Pretty wild, wild story. That's a lot. Actually. Yeah. yeah. And then the story about uh, Russian, the Nestle database being hacked. Yeah. Because they're supporting Russia. They're refusing to leave Russia. And meanwhile, Anonymous comes in and says, hey, we got 10 gigabytes of their data and their passwords and so on. And then today, this story about this bizarre container, I thought this was interesting. You know, we yeah. talk about the command post for Russia being found. And now being whisked away to an unknown location. <laughs> to be taken apart many times, put back together. Yeah, pretty wild. By the way, if you see this photo on the screen here, you see three little balloons. I, I just, I love seeing these three little balloons on this big truck. It's, it's fascinating to me, folks. But a lot of radar reconnaissance <laughs> stuff being, being analyzed. Another story I thought was interesting is the Kremlin, the RU, their websites are down. Even though the great Russian firewall is up and running, uh, we're still able to get in. And yep. people are still able to get out. So thank, thanks for that VPN. All right. <laughs> a couple other things going on, too, in the news is the story about Anonymous. And, and they said, hey, set up a Tinder profile. Go into settings. Change your location to Russia. Take a selfie holding a photo of the war in Ukraine. Uh, I thought that was an interesting approach. Uh, I thought um, all the news about the assets being discovered. You know, how many oh, yeah. mansions and castles and yachts? $17 billion. That is a lot of money. Whoa, worth of assets being disclosed um, online. Another thing that I thought was interesting is all the unsecured printers. Can you imagine this? <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you come into work and what happens? All your, all your printers are printing what? Like, uh, stand with Ukraine and things. This kind of thing has happened a few times where a worm has gone out there that um, prints off on people's printers. Like, I think the last big one was vote for PewDiePie or something yeah. or subscribe to PewDiePie. It's like a YouTuber. And this is a similar one where Anonymous and other people are hacking Russian printers to print out pro-Ukrainian messages. <laughs> Definitely an interesting uh, tactic. I can't believe know? coming into work and like, oh, we're out of print. We're out of paper again. And uh, we're out of toner. Yeah. And look at all these documents we've got to pull yeah. off the printer. That's just <laughs> insane. <laughs> Yeah, unprecedented attacks, folks, on the government. So what can you learn from this as we wrap up today's segment? And really, there are a lot of lessons learned here. But I want to leave you with three takeaways. So the three Russian cyber attacks that the West, that's us, fears the most. And the one that comes to mind is these targeted critical infrastructure attacks. Uh, we call it, if you ever heard of the black energy attack, it's really what, Noah, if we talk about critical infrastructure attack, attacks on what? These are attacks on the power grid, okay. water treatment, uh, manufacturing, 
things like that that we need every single day. Yeah, very complex engineering systems. A lot of these systems, extremely difficult to get into. Prolonged damage is sometimes impossible. They, a, lot of, a lot of these have built-in protections. We, we talk about in the ICS world, industrial control systems world, we talk about one-way diodes, and a lot of this critical infrastructure has one-way diodes, which means one-way flow of information which makes it even more challenging for hackers to try to get into. But it is a target. It is number one on our list. Number two on our list is a non-PETA-style uncontrollable destruction attack. This is probably what you want to say is the most costly type of attack. And the one that comes to mind is WannaCry. This is the perfect mm -hmm. example of that. $10 billion in damage, spreads worldwide. Uh, WannaCry, do you remember that back in the day? Yeah. Accounting Stopped software. by Marcus Hutchins. Yeah. yeah. Destructive software was hidden in an update of accounting software. And it started in the Ukraine and then it spread globally. Just mass chaos, man. Economic un uh, instability. Dogs and cats. Yeah, nasty stuff, man. And, it, and nowadays we rely so much on interconnected technologies. Makes it a real challenge, this number two type of attack. Number three and our final one as we wrap up the show here, cyber criminal infrastructure attack, which gets us right into Colonial Pipeline the JBS meatpacking plant. We see a lot of this now with uh, DarkSide, their right. ransomware as a service, where they got, were under orders allegedly of the Kremlin to pull off these kind of panic and general chaos type of attacks. So just uh, just insanity, folks. It really is. And, and we'll keep you up to date on everything that's going on as best as we can here. I mean, it's it's even hard for us to-, to Oh yeah, it's been it. a crazy week. Uh, you could just sit and read the cyber news all day, every day, and not read the same article twice almost. Yeah, and we do have the threat intelligence email. You can subscribe online on our website, and that gives you all the links. Every week we curate a wonderful list of everything that's going on out there, all the flaws, all the vulnerabilities, all the top reaches, as best as we can analyze it here in the studio and i'm hef i'm noah and from all of us here at security metrics take care